Welcome back. Welcome back, Ashy Knuckle fam. We got some interesting topics to cover today. Once again, as always, shows B Woods, my man Mosey P. Yep. My boy Marky G. What's up? Let's get this, baby. It's not top of the morning, but we're gonna get this shit. <laughs> um we had some okay, so we've been out for a little while. You know, fall season, we got festivals, people getting married, Halloween's upon us, all kind of things. So I didn't quite get to catch this last card, but we can catch you guys up from the action before, uh, catch you up on the picks, uh, talk about some interesting returns to glory for some of the old school fellas, and also the return of Fight Island and the key matchups that will take place on Yaz Island. So to start us off, let's just jump right into Aspen Lab versus Norma Dumont at 145 pounds. Aspen Lab made her debut. That was a tough one for her. She, uh, you know, missed weight in the previous card. Uh, she missed the 135 pound limit. And was forced to withdraw after a pretty shaky weight cut. Uh, got called up after, was it? Um, I think it was Holly Holm, right? Yes, I think Holly did. It was Holly Holm that pulled out initially. Yes. Um, so Aspen Ladd got the call, main event slot, her featherweight debut, and rough outing for Miss Ladd. That was a rough one. Uh, shout out to Norma Dumont for, you know, putting the pressure on, earning that, that victory. Aspen, to me, looked, like, listless. She looked like she did not want to be there. And that was very interesting, considering that I thought she would look good making a change to be in a more natural weight class. Uh, Marky G, what'd you think about that fight? It was an interesting one for me because what Norma Dumont did to Aspen Ladd was exactly what I thought Aspen Ladd was going to do to her. I thought she was going to play, play the point fighting game and have the better exchange, better the exchanges and just stick on the outside and piece her up with a little more aggression, but it went the opposite route. Aspen Ladd didn't come on until the last round. The last two rounds is when she started to turn it back on. And it was just too little too late. She was already tired. She was already beat up. And just couldn't come back at that point. Oh, I think that's what uh, we always tried thinking was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to get a stoppage. Like some ground and pound or something, but that didn't happen at all. No, it did not. I had, we all picked Aspen Ladd in this one, so we all take an L in that department. I thought it was going to be, I mean, I had the same feeling you guys had. There was a lot of controversy surrounding the uh, cornering and his, you know, passionate speeches he was trying to give his fighter. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of critics 
claimed that he had uh you know a very harsh approach and they were you know coming down on him for it but uh i'm gonna give you guys take first i know how i feel what do you think about that mo did you hear the cornering and do you have an opinion on it isn't that her boyfriend yes oh yeah i mean i don't understand it shouldn't be uh what was he gonna say nice things or something to get her to do what he probably sees in the gym all the time? He shouldn't I mean, say you're doing great head movement. He, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he it's a sport. I don't hear coaches. Well, it's been a while since I've been in sports, but my coaches when I was in baseball, they were pretty uh pretty rough with the words. But didn't this guy use the same method before and she came in and uh finished um how you say her name kunitskaya mm -hmm. right? she came back and won that fight right yes she did the same method so you don't even have to look that far back you she went to her corner he said what she he said and aspen lad picked it up it was too little too late but she started picking it up he knew exactly what to fight what would fire up his fighter he knew her. She's not complaining about it. No one really is complaining about it except, I don't know, a couple random people that don't understand sports, apparently. There's no fighter complaining about how this coach acted. Period. You think it's because it's a female that they're acting that way? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think it's only because she's a woman. And it's interesting because... I come from the same, you know, we all grew up in the same era and we had coaches in our sports too and they were never nice and we were fucking kids. So, exactly. I had way more colorful language than that. I got called everything but my name. So, I say this. Obviously, I feel um, the, cornering, the cornering was fine, but there is... I guess the stigma to some fans or some um, viewers that women in this sport are going to be treated differently, I guess. But no, they're, they're warriors. These girls are fighters. So you got to give them the same respect their male counterparts have in that department. So if you're going to, if you're not going to yell at or get upset about the things being screamed at a male fighter, you got to give women that same respect. Yeah, it's just like you said, these females, these are warriors. They don't get into this because they're they're sensitive and they're they're gonna take that to heart, or they they know what they're getting into. And th this is a brutal sport. And trust me, those words didn't do anything to hurt her feelings. I had to agree with that, man. I'm, I'm, I know that it seems like it seems harsh, but this is the hurt business. This ain't golf, you know. Like we're not gonna say we're not gonna say nice things. Both fighters, both. Participants are in the ring trying to hurt each other. That's the game. So it's not a nice sport. Not a sport for PC culture. Correct. Um, yeah, that's all I got on that. I mean, really, that fight did have some return to glory for a couple of... Oh, that card had some return to glory for a couple UFC veterans. Um, one of them... Is going to get the ashy knuckle moment from me. But uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about one of the picks here. 
because I did something that I don't do normally, and I went against my boy Andre Ovlowski, and he put on a over show and earned a victory over Carlos Felipe. Me and Mark both picked Felipe, so Mo, what's up, man? Hollow, what'd you think? Uh, that cardio though. <laughs> he was tired in the third round. Well, maybe like towards the end of the second, you could see it. But he did enough in the first two rounds to get that decision. Yep, I mean, one time for the old for the old men, you know. Does he uh, have the record for most uh, fights in the UFC yet? Uh, I think that's Jim Miller. Doesn't he have that? It's Jim Miller. I thought it was one of them. It's like between him, Jim Miller, and Cowboy, right? Right. I think Jim Miller and Cowboy might be tied. Yeah, if I had to take a just a stab in the dark, I would lean toward Jim Miller or Cowboy because they're more active. Even though the ten- tenure-wise, Ovlowski's been around forever. But he's not act. He's not fighting two or three times a year. So, no heavyweight. I don't think will ever carry that. Yeah, that's why they can have so much uh, longevity. I w- I believe they're they're not fighting so much every year. But uh, I'm gonna give an Ashy Knuckle shout out to my boy Jim Miller. He got the knockout, and that was beautiful watching him turn the clock back, and you know. Put on for the, you know, the older the older gentlemen out there in the fight game. You know, it was awesome. I don't think anybody's seen that one coming. I didn't. Jim Miller is tied for second on most fights in the UFC. Who's number one? Number one is Donald Cerrone at twenty three. Jim Miller and Damian Maya have twenty two. Okay. Uh, that man's active. That is a lot of fights. A lot of fights. Well, um, speaking of return of the Mac and fighters turning back the clock, old school legends, you know? Because when I think Andre Ovlowski, I think of heavyweights, and then I think of another, a name in particular. The last emperor, Fedor, Emelianenko, this man turned the clock back with a one here to quitter. <laughs> Gotta give shout out to my man, give him an ashy knuckle moment for that. Did not see that coming. You seen what DC said? I, I did hear what DC said. Yeah. I did he, not hear what he said. He can't uh, share with the fellas. Uh, he basically said Fedor would have been like average if he was in the UFC. Okay, um, Mark, you have you want to weigh in on that? We, what you think Fedor's fate would have been had he signed to the UFC way back when? Who was that? Oh nine. Who was so that? It, that he was supposed to be around? Yeah, like two thousand nine, <clears throat> two thousand eight, or something. When they bought out Pride, remember that? Yeah. That's when he was supposed oh, to be 06, maybe. 07, 06. It was 2000. That's and... when Rampage uh, knocked out Chuck. 
like 06, 07, right? Yeah, because that was the end of my high school career. So, yeah, it was around that time. So, um, I don't really disagree with it, but then again, at that time in the UFC, the heavyweight division wasn't exactly spectacular. Um, and some of the big names in the heavyweight division back then showed what they would do to Fedor and Strikeforce. So, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I agree with Mark. Well, I'll put it this way. I think DC might be a little bit misguided because the champions at that time, if you remember, was, you know, like Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir and how do I think Fatal were fair against those guys back then? I think he'd be all right. I think he'd do just fine against Brock Lesnar. I think he'd be okay against Frank Mir. Um, I don't know if he'd be average, but I think that if he stayed in the UFC and he was around when, you know, the rise of Junior Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez, I think those guys might give him a lot of fits. He might run into some problems with a guy like Shane Carlin, but... I think he'd be just fine in the uh, the UFC heavyweight division just back then. I don't think he'd be average. I think he would be in the top five, if not champion. So I think DC's a little bit misguided by saying that. However, if they were matched up directly, DC versus Fedor, I would lean DC. I mean, I, I would say I would give it to Brock and Kane. I think they both take him. Uh, but I, I do think he would probably be in top five. I don't think he would be champ, though. I don't. He would have probably fought uh, Randy Couture for the title at that, that point in time, probably. I would have loved to see Sylvia. that. You think I still beat- think that's a good matchup. I don't know who wins that fight, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good one. I would win Fedor versus Couture. Like I like him against all the champions of that era. I, I think he beat. I think he can beat Brock. I think he can beat. Um, and this isn't like re, like revisionist history because like I mean it's obviously like we're speculating, but I'm just thinking about the matchups and like how the kind of adversity that Fedor faced in Pride and what he was able to overcome, like some of the matchups he was in. I think he would do just fine against Brock for sure. I think he'd be in really good shape and he'd probably have an edge over Randy Couture. But like I said, the guys that worry me are some of the, you know, the fighters that, that came right after that era. Like, like that, that era of Junior Dos Santos, that young one, that version of Junior, I think he gives anybody problems. And I think Kane, I, I, I feel like Kane was one of the best ever for that short stint. Like, he was... um. Pretty amazing. I think he beats Fedor, and basically, I mean, in a nutshell, you got DC is just a much a little bit smaller version of Kane. I think he handles uh, Fedor pretty easily. I don't think easily, but I think he'd be the favorite in that matchup, in my opinion. Now, to just play a little bit of devil's advocate, if DC was talking about Fedor coming to the UFC when Fedor made his return when he started doing the Ryzen fights and then signed with Bellator. I think that Fedor 
gets eclipsed in the UFC. I don't think that there is a favorable matchup for Fedor in the UFC at that time to now. Oh, yeah. Not right now, he'd be below average, I think. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, what didn't he come back? Like, 2017, I guess? 2017, I think. If he would have came back around that time and signed with the UFC instead of doing, like, the Ryzen fight and or fights and then go to Bellator, yeah, he, he would be subpar in the UFC. Look at the sidebar. Shout out to Corey Anderson for, uh, you know, he he took out Ryan Bader pretty quickly. Yes. Shout and out man, to him. He he's doing his thing over there, and good for him. Is that for uh, the title in the tournament? The next yeah. fight. The next fight is yep. Yep. He made wow. it. Yep. He's gonna be uh, fighting for the championship. But I think. If I'm correct, I, I don't, I don't think he actually gets the light heavyweight title. I think he gets the Grand Prix title. I think. Why would he not? Isn't he fighting the current champion? Is he? Yeah, yeah. Nimkov. Nimkov. I thought it was the, but <clears throat> maybe he'll get both. I thought it was like pride rules where it's like you have a set or like even strike force rules where you have a separate belt for the tournament and then you have the actual belt. But I mean, if you fight in the actual champ, you might as well get both. Yeah. Nimgoff's the champion. So I don't see why he, it shouldn't be a change of title. If uh, Corey Anderson's able to get it. Um, speaking of return of the Mac and return we got to return to Fight Island uh, coming up this, this weekend. Some really nice matchups on that. Um, we can go over those, um, make our picks. Um, let's see. Wait, before we do that, let's talk about... Did we talk about Marvin Vittori versus Costa yet? No, we have not. Well, let's get right into that. Um, I mean, Mark, you saw that one. I didn't get to catch that fight. I had some I had other stuff to... I, that caught me off guard in the middle of the day UFC card. Uh, but what'd you, what'd you see, man? I only caught the last fight, the main event. It, it was kind of a lackluster fight for me. Neither of, the, neither of them showed up for me. Uh, Vittori just seems as average as ever. Yeah. Past shows that I'm not a fan of Vittori. To be honest, he just doesn't seem to be up to par, even though he's high level. And it just seemed like a lot of that. It just seemed like Costa tried to make it a quick finish in the first round. And then he was gassed and running on fumes the rest of the fight. And Vittori was just in it. Most of the interesting shots and most of the more effective shots, I would say Costa had. Costa had all the body kicks. He had some nice head kicks. He almost took out Vittori a couple of times. But he was exhausted. And Vittori just got volume, is what it was. He got more punches out. He got more of the aggression. He had the octagon control. And just not, to me, not very impressive either side. The story on this one was more about 
what happened to Costa versus how great is Vittori. And that just might be me being biased because I'm just not a fan of Vittori. Uh, that's fair. I only I picked Vittori in this one mainly because of uh, anytime a fighter has weight cutting issues, I get a little shaky about him, but it didn't even seem like Costa tried. I think he showed up like 20-something pounds over. I was like, yeah, I'm not sure he even wants to be in this thing. So, And then listening to his what he was saying before the fight, he was kind of in the mode of, like, I want to do a catch weight, and if this fight doesn't happen, then it's Marvin's fault. I'm like, wait, how is it Marvin's fault? You signed to make 85. He signed to make 85. So this fight don't happen because you overweight. That's on you, my G. So I was from that. I thought he was trying to get the fight to you know fall over, fall off, and not go through with the way he approached that weight cut. So I didn't have any confidence at all in Costa, even though previous to the Adesanya fight, he looked like the second best guy in the division. So that bottle of wine did something to him. <laughs> I don't know if it was the bottle of wine or the hair plugs or getting impregnated by Izzy. Something happened. I do agree with you, Brian, though. I do think that he was actually trying to get the fight to fall apart. Uh, simple fact that he looked like he was in shape. He looked like he was ready. Even at 205, which is where we ended up, he looked like he was ready. I think he was trying to make some excuse about it. Because he, he used the excuse that his bicep was torn. He has a bicep injury. And that's why he couldn't make weight. That bicep injury ain't stopping you from making weight. That bicep injury will stop you from fighting to your full potential. Which explains a lot of the uh, strategy in his fight and why he was so kick heavy. So I believe the bicep injury. I don't believe it's why he didn't make weight. I think that he wanted to do a 195 catch weight. Hoping that Vittoria would do uh, just say, no, I'm not going to do it. And then when Vittoria agreed to it, he was like, wait, 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 I can't make that either. Let's do 205. Thinking that he would just drop the fight then. But Vittoria took it. And you know what? Congrats to Vittoria. He got the win. He did what he needed to do. He did. And I think Vittoria won over a lot of fans because of his attitude that he, Vittoria was like, I don't give a shit. Like, the fight's going. It's happening. I don't care if it's at 205. 195, 186, whatever you want to do, this fight is going down. So I think that attitude always wins over, you know, wins you some fans. Even if you have a cringier personality, we all love those guys who are game and want to get in there and scrap. So shout out to Vittori for, you know, stepping up and making sure the card didn't fall through. Um, his stock does take a rise. And Mar uh, unfortunately for Costa, is takes a fall, and I've heard rumors that he is not even going to get signed again to fight at 185. He can he only he can only compete at 205 or better now, according to some internet whispers. That's because Dana White said it at the press conference. Dana White said he's going to have to fight at 205 for now on. But we know what that means when Dana White says that. That means we're going to try to get him at 205. And probably give him like one fight there and then trust him to go down to 185 again. Although the way that Costa looked in shape at 205, that might be a good move for him. It might be. 
I mean, if, if it's that tough, I, you know how I feel about weight cutting. I'm I'm against it. I just think it's fucking cheating. But if you can't, if you make the weight at least, then I mean, okay, you you did you had you drained yourself, you got down to the agreed upon weight, and you compete. But if you can't make the weight consistently, then you sh- I think it's a better idea to just fight closer to whatever your natural is. That's that's what makes me give a lot of respect to boxers because they're they're rarely fighting twenty pounds, fifteen pounds above their natural. Most guys are within five to ten pounds of their natural weight in their weight classes. You don't see massive cuts in boxing, and I, I wish that you know the weight classes were closer because in in boxing you see the weight classes change every four to five pounds and that's why you have a lot of um super fights and competition between guys around the same weight class whereas in the in ufc specifically in um well in mma but specifically ufc the weight gaps are 10 pounds plus and when you get into the heavier guys like we got currently there's you know a real big gap between the middleweight division the welterweight division, or the welterweight division, the middleweight division, and the light heavyweight division. You know, you're talking 15 pounds and not 10. 15 pounds or more, actually. So, um, I would like to see the athletes compete at closer to their um, natural weight. Natural weight, so it, it's not all about guys making a cut, but just being in shape for the fight itself. Yes. I think we'll see less pullouts, less injuries, and more action. That's just my opinion. I think with MMA, 10, 10 pounds every division is the right way to go. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind if it was just 10 across the board. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that at all. I say I leave heavyweight the same, but 10 pounds up till heavyweight. I'm fine, I'm fine with that. I think, um, like, like I said, I think having that middle ground of a catch weight type of um. Like a 190 pound division would be really good. Mm-hmm. A 180 pound, 170, 160, 150, like all the way down. I think that would be perfect. But yeah, once you get to the bigger, the heavyweights, uh, it does become a, a lot more negligible. And the weight difference is a lot more. You can kind of give me a little bit more of a, a little bit more leniency. Because you, you see, like, there's guys that perform much better. At two hundred and forty pounds, two hundred and thirty pounds, and they will, they they do just fine even against guys that are much bigger. So, yeah. I'm fine with the heavyweight division, but the, it is something about the the other classes that it just you basically have guys starving themselves that would actually compete at higher classes, but the guys above them are just much bigger guys starving themselves. So it's like a you know a vicious cycle of Big guys trying to bully smaller guys from the tears up. Mm-hmm. But such is the fight game and weight cutting in the current state of the mixed martial arts universe. Hopefully that gets sorted out and we can get um, a lot closer to being the weights that these guys are showing on the, on the screen. But um, we spent a lot of time on Vittori versus Costa. Shout out to Vittori for coming through. But to, back to Fight Island in the matchups, man, we got some firepower. Are we only going over four fights in this one? 
But damn, that card is loaded, man. There's some really good fights in that card. It's a shame that it's so early and I'm going to have to miss all of it. Hmm. I'm going to miss the majority of it. <clears throat> Don't worry, boys. I got you. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it all and I'll take a shot for you. I'll make sure Kevin, me and Kevin will send you a video chat. There you go. The Bourbon Brothers are back, baby. Um, so we got this one. We got some key matchups, and we'll start from the bottom. Uh, the Leech, Jing Lang Lee, and Hamza Chamayev. That's the first one. Hamza's making his first appearance after his battles with Corona and injuries and Corona and visa problems and all kind of stuff, but. When he made his debut, man, he came out hard. And he had some quick finishes, some quick turnarounds, and he was active as shit until he got sidelined with all the, you know, stuff that happened in 2019, 2020, 2021, so on and so forth. You know what I mean. But um, I think this is going to be an interesting test. It's obviously, it's the toughest test to date facing the Chinese knockout artist in Jang Lang Lee. Uh, this was the second biggest um, spread differential on this card. Kamzat Shamayev is coming in at almost a 5-1 to one favorite. Minus 475, uh, plus 350 for Lee. How do you feel about that, man? Mo? Good choice. Good choice? Real good choice. I, I'm leaning towards uh, Hazmat. He's okay. Gonna, he's 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 uh Yeah, I'm uh, I'm still on the hype train. Still on the hype train. Still on the hype train. I circle the MO next to Hamzad then for you. Um uh, Mark, what do you think? This is a tough one because I don't I don't want to give any real weight to the people that Shamaya has fought so far. Because Gerard Merchart's probably the biggest name that he's fought so far. And no offense to him, but that's not a big, big credit on your name. I will say that jumping, Jeeling, has a lot better names. He has a lot better veterans, so he's seen a lot more. He's going to be a lot more technical. And his striking's there. But I don't, I don't think he's gonna get it. I think Jemaya is still gonna win. I give a lot of credit to uh, the leech because of his fight with San, um, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio mm-hmm. came off a long layoff and he put him to sleep. Jemaya is coming off a long layoff and a part of me is gonna I know which part of me, the gambling part of me, is gonna take this big dog and bark with it. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn some on Jingling. I'm I'm taking the leech at plus three fifty. I'm gonna do one unit and hope for the best. I, I do honestly think that Chimaev has way more paths to victory. If I'm being just if I'm going from a pure analytical standpoint, from a betting standpoint, I like Lee because I mean I think he's a live dog. Mm-hmm. But um, and plus at three to one, I'm getting three fifty three and a half to one on my money. I, I feel like it's worth a shot. I don't know. Yeah, it was a good odds. Yeah, I only had to be right one time in four, well, one time in three to make profit. So I'll, I'll take uh, Jing Lang Lee 
Only because uh, Hamzat has a long layoff, like a really long layoff. So, yeah, how long it, has it been? Almost two years. Nah, just one. Got to be just one. Because I, I thought, thought his his whole streak was in Fight Island, twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. I thought okay, I'm, I'm I'm miss. I thought it was twenty nineteen. Yeah, his last fight was. About a year ago, because it was September 19th, a little over a year ago. Okay. It's still a long layoff, though. Yeah. I, I was definitely wrong about that. But I've been seeing a current, like, trend, and that's people coming off layoffs have been getting barbecued in this current trend. Not that's everyone been, can be Dominic Cruz. Well, that's been Lad had a long layoff, and she looked pretty listless in this, um, her fight. Like I said, Ponzinibbio, in the, in the he had a long layoff. He got baked. I mean, it's just some like, some some people won't, it doesn't bother them at all. But it, I think it depends on what you're doing in that layoff and how well you're keeping yourself in shape. I don't think it's I don't think that's an issue for Hamzat, but he is coming off some pretty strong complications with the vid. So. That's what I was about to say. It was a problem because he was trying to train through it, and that caused more issues. So he couldn't train for a good support amount of that. So am I going to this one? Mark, you taking um, Hamzat? Yeah, I'm going to take Hamzat on it. My heart's with uh, jumping, and I think that jumping, I want jumping to win, but mine's with Hamzat on this one. Yeah, my, 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 fight, my brain was saying... Chimaev. I think Chimaev, I see his path to victory being a grindy wrestling style. Like I think he'll take um take Lee down and have his way with him. However, I'm hoping that they'll they get into some firefights and Lee's able to clip him and snatch me and steal me an ashy knuckle moment for the plus three fifty. So I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Lee and I'll be a lone wolf. Um the next fight on that on that same card. Um, we got Khabib's Padawan, Islam Mahashev versus Dan the Hangman Hooker. Uh, notable fan favorite and Hooker, city kickboxing alum, friend of Izzy, friend of the people. Another big dog. This is actually the biggest discrepancy in points. Islam. Makashev is coming in at minus 570, so he's almost a 6-1 to favorite in this fight versus Dan Hooker. And I see this very similar to the previous fight, where obviously I think uh, path to victory-wise, it's clear why Islam has such a big favorite attached to his name. However, this is by far the biggest test of his career so far. Um, Mo, what do you think? And what's your pick? Going with Islam. He, I gotta see it. I gotta see him lose. Somebody's gonna have to show me before I don't pick him. That's fair. That's fair. Mark? I'm gonna have to agree with that. I'm gonna have to go with Islam on that one also. I think he's gonna grind him out. Which is unfortunate because I think Dan Hooker should win this fight, but Islam just has this 
terrible grinding style. I, I hope as long as he's been getting a little more confident on his feet, throwing some of these haymakers and wild swings, I hope he doesn't do that against Dan Hooker because Dan Hooker will take him apart at that point. And Dan Hooker has good takedown defense. It's been increasing, but I don't know if he can stop that. This one again. And like I said before at the outset, the bet, the, this is a betting pick for me. I think Dan Hooker's a pretty live dog. I mean, obviously, he's such a big dog that if these numbers were a lot closer, I would obviously slam <clears throat> triple bets into Islam if he wasn't such a... I mean, he's such a big dog, a big favorite, that um, I think the risk-reward ratio for me is going to make me go into somebody that I like. I personally like Dan Hooker. I want him to win. And I'm getting 4-1 to one on my money. So I'm only going to be right one time out of four to make this make sense. But I'm just going to use one unit. One minute unit. I'm going to Dan Hooker. And here's, here's why. Besides, outside of the fact that he's getting 4-1, to one, I think that Dan, this, this stylistically is an interesting matchup to me because although Makashev does, I mean, obviously coming from that group of Dagestanis, that AKA, that Russell heavy background, he is more of a stand-up fighter than his, you know, his brothers at uh, AKA. Like, he was much more confident in his stand-up than Khabib is. And I'm not sure if he is as dominant in his grappling as Khabib was. I, if, if this was, say, Khabib versus Dan Hooker, I'd be like, nah, Habib's going to just take him down repeatedly, pound him out. No big deal. Like, Because we know the pedigree. Habib's the kind of guy that'll take you down 23 times in a fight. He's done it. You know, like, I don't think that's Islam's MO. However, I think he has such a good mix of both and a threat of both that he's, that's what makes him dominant. And like Mo said, you kind of got to ride with the guy until he loses because he's shown to be so dominant so far in his career. This is his biggest test in Dan Hooker. In my opinion, and Dan, to me, I think he's one of those guys that has championship potential. So I expect fireworks. I if this becomes a kickboxing match, and you know Makashev rules in on his his striking, then I think I have a shot. However, uh, I think it's a long shot for me, but I'm gonna be a long wolf. Get my and I'm going with Dan Hooker. Uh, next up, we got Glover Teixeira and the reigning 205 champion, Polish power, Jan Blachowicz, fighting out for the 205 strap. However, that's the main event, so we can go to the co-main event. We got Corey Sanhagen versus Pewter Jan. Pewter is back off his uh, prison stamp for losing his title. That unfortunately me that he landed on Master to lose the belt. Unfortunately, you can't um, follow a guy and keep your belt, especially if they have Hollywood credentials. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one's a close. These numbers are a lot closer, and for good reason. Corey Sandhagen is one of the best guys in the division. He's obviously top five, and to personally, I think he beat T.J. Dillashaw in that fight. I rewatched that fight again, and I, I even though it was close. TJ did pressure him heavy and 
he was all over um, Corey. I think Corey did the, the better work, and he did the most damage. And I, I go by that. I give that more. I give more um, credit to that. So Corey Sandhagen enters this fight plus one ninety, and Pure Jan is a two minus two two thirty favorite. Uh, Marky G, who do you like in this one, and why? Uh, this is a little tougher. Uh, <laughs> this is a toss-up to me. I love both these guys. They're both fucking fighters, and they're killers. I'm going to lean more towards Jan on this one, just because of aggressive, overwhelming pressure that he does. And I just think, I, I don't know. My heart's just with it. I'm going with Jan on this one. Main reason just because the extra pressure, I think Sanhagen crushes or folds under it. Ooh, Mo, what's your take? What's your pick and why? Coin flip time. Hey, who's heads? Heads is uh Peter Jan. Tails right. is uh, Sanhagen. Who's the coin say? Tails. Sanhagen. Yep. So, Mark, that's going to make you the wrong wolf because I am once again going with the underdog. You picking all dogs for the, these uh, fights? What's a doggy dog? I'm going all dogs. I'm bringing all the dogs. I'm bringing my dog. I'm going to bring it with me. We're going to watch the fights together. We gonna, I'm going all dogs this fight. So, there's no guess for the next one, but Mark... You long wolf and Peter Yon on this one. Me and Mo are going to slide to San Hagen's side. And you know what that? last but definitely not least, we got the 205 strap up for grabs. Old man Glover making his, you know, final run, so to speak. Maybe. Who knows? What's in the water? In Massachusetts. I don't know what he's doing up there, but he's improving. He's I, I saw it in the countdown that he's, you know, training with Alex Pereira, some boxing legends. This man's been on a tear lately, and um, he's taking on Polish power, Polish's own Jan Blachowicz. This Jan is opening as a minus 285 favorite. That puts Glover to share at plus 230. Uh, let's go. Keep it going. Mark, what do you think? Who's your pick and why? I just want to see this storybook ending. I want Glover for this one. I'm picking Glover. I think he pieces him up. And I just, like I said, I just want the storybook ending. I hope he gets that strap. I hope he wins it. I don't even want him to see him defend it. I say he wins it and fucking goes out on top. Retire. Fuck it. I love it. I like it. Mo, what do you think, man? I'm going with Glover, too. I watched that countdown. He's. He's training. He's training really hard. He brought in a lot of people. And I'm pretty sure I don't see this fight going to the ground unless Glover takes it there. Honestly, I really don't see it going to the ground. I see it being stand up with a lot of clinching up against the fence. Maybe I don't see it going to the ground. This is is a kickboxing match as well. Uh, This is the first fight that we uh, pick unanimously of this whole card. We're all going with Glover. Mine, I have two reasons. My first reason 
is I I side with Mark, whereas I want to see a storybook ending for Glover. I mean, sometimes when you when you watch a fighter's whole career and you see him get close and then get derailed and they you know fight through adversity and climb that ladder back, you, you I mean, you know that kind of gives you a little bit a little bit of pulls at the heartstrings. Like for me, I'm like I want to see him do something, but also. I think uh, I think he's a pretty live dog. I I, I think like usually I don't pick this many underdogs ever, but this is the first time I looked at the the underdog class. I'm like, damn, I can for real see all of them winning for different reasons. And the favorites, even though they're large favorites, I can see obviously. I mean, they're they're favorites for a reason. All these guys are extremely talented. Jan Blahovich deserves to be the champion. He is the champion. He, you know, beat two middleweights in recent memory. I mean, he beat Izzy, who's a middleweight. And he won the title. Well, he won the title technically from a light heavyweight. Because, I mean, that's the only weight class that... Because he, he beat Reyes for the title, right? Yeah, the vacant title. Correct. And Reyes is a 205-er. But um, his defenses were against... Who's so far? He had two. He had two title defenses. No, just one. Just one against Izzy. That's it. Yep. He mm-hmm. took time off because I think they had a baby. Really? Why do I think he? Why do I think he fought someone else in between that? You're thinking about the Luke Rockhold fight that he fought before he got the title fight. Because hmm. yeah, you were talking about him up. fighting middleweights, and he fought uh, Luke Rockhold, knocked his ass out. Aesthetically speaking, isn't um well what's his well no because he lost to him actually. Damn, I was thinking about Santos, but Santos was a middleweight as well. But uh is a natural 205er. He's been his career there. So we're gonna see um I think it's gonna be a good one. I'm excited about this one. I know Jan has um he's a really good kickboxer, he has good combinations, he's good at judging distance, he has good timing, he has he obviously has power. Uh, I think Glover shares a lot of those same traits. Glover's a, a really good wrestler, good ground and pound. I just, I, I feel like this is going to come down to, uh, you know, who can win those firefights, who can win, get the best of those exchanges. And I'm just, uh, I'm pulling for Glover in this one. So I took him. We got a clean sweep, Ashy Knuckle clean sweep, bring out the brooms. We all taking Glover in this one. Um. Right now, our picks stand at the bottom of the floor. It's my boy Marky Mark at yeah. one and five. I am hovering just above the floor at two and four. And Mo is in the driver's seat at three and three. He's the leader of the pack. The alpha dog of the bunch. Uh, at three and three, Mark. Hey, Mo, talk your, sh- talk your shit. G, what's up, man? What's your, um, you got any... Thoughts you want to share? Any, any helpful tips? Just flip coins. <laughs> it's all in the fate. I love it. I love it. Again, like we say, uh, if you're going to bet on these things, gamble responsibly. Enjoy the fights. And you guys got any, any, any thoughts? Did uh, um, DraftKings get passed in Florida? I believe so. So we could start. Oh, 
About time. Also, Caesars now has an app. So Caesars Sportsbook has an app, so you can bet all that action there, too. We are not sponsored by any one of those guys we just mentioned. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I'll let you boy. We shouldn't mention them. We're not sponsored by them, to be honest. Yeah, we're definitely not sponsored by them, but we would love to be. Yeah. I'll tell us. Let's, let's send some emails. How do y'all feel about uh, Yoana getting taken off the rankings for Strawweight? She's not on there no more? She did get removed. Because of inactivity. Uh, oh, so they're going to take her off once they update them? Mm-hmm. I mean, she hasn't fought in what? Since she lost the title. Or that since was... she lost her title rematch, or the title fight against Wei Li. That was March of 2020. Mm-hmm. That was the last pay per view before the world went sideways. Correct. And I think she doesn't plan on coming back until March next year. She's just living life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I guess to me, I'm fine with them removing her from the rankings. But you know, she, I, I think I think she'll be back. So I don't think it's going to matter. And if she if, if it's not, she's already had a Hall of Fame type career. I think she did well. She was the queen of the strawweights for a long time. She's fought the who's who, and I think she had a great career. If she does not come back, however, I think eventually she'll she'll get that fire in her belly again and want to jump back in the cage. I agree. I think she'll come back if she is planning on coming back somewhere around March next year. She'll come back. They'll give her a top five opponent, almost guaranteed. And she'll be right back in the rankings. With that being said, though, I mean, how who would you like to see her come back against? If she did come back, um, let's say she came back early twenty twenty two. Sorry, she let's say like um, spring twenty twenty two. The title picture obviously will be a little bit more clear by then, because mm-hmm. we'll have the. Um, We'll have the rematch with Whitley and Rose Namajunas. But there's some contenders that don't have a dance partner. Some people who th- thought they should have had a title shot. Like Cookie Monster. Do you think that would be a good one if she maybe came back early 2022? Let's be real. If Willow wins this fight, it's going to be a trilogy. Yeah. And although Rose, I thought I picked Rose the first time, I'm going with Wei Lee this next time. I thought that, I thought that was a, a close matchup, and I, I feel like did, did, I, thought, I expected a war in that first fight, and we didn't get it. We get a, we had a quick knockout, but I think this is going to be very similar to the. Um, JDS Kane series, where I believe it will see a trilogy, maybe even more, but I expect this to be a war. I don't see a quick knockout again. I think it's going to be a good, uh, a straw weight. Like, I mean, sorry, not straw weight, but they're flyweights, right? Uh, straw weights. They're straw weights. I want to see it. I think it's going to be a straw weight war. So I, I'm, I'm leaning, uh, I'm leaning with Lee in this one, but 
I don't think I think uh, a Sp- Carla Esparza is going to be without a dance partner for a while, and I think that'd be uh, a good fight, a matchup for Joanna to jump back into once she does get back into the the pool. What do you guys think? I thought Carla was going to be the one fighting Rose for the title, honestly. So did I. I didn't think they were going to run it back so soon. Thought they were going to make Wei Lee uh, win one before. Yeah, I, 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 we all have the same thought process. However, that that Chinese money, that Chinese market, is too tempting to pass up. Right. <clears throat> I think personally, if I think Rose wins, to be honest, so I would like to see Yoana come back against Wei Li, but. Most likely, that's not going to happen. So I would, I'd like to see her against Rodriguez, to be honest. Okay, yeah, I, I like Rodriguez a lot too. She's extremely impressive. We, I think, we kind of know what Cookie Monster is at this point. Mm. Um, she's basically a grappler, point fighter, and she struggles obviously against people who can force her to stand up. We saw that in the Joanna fight. We saw that in you know. A couple of her other matchups, but to give her credit, she's earned her way back to the top of the sport. So I believe she deserves a shot at the title. She deserves a top ranked opponent. So that was my why I gave her the push for her getting her rematch with Joanna. But who knows? There's a lot of that, that division's solid. So unlike women's featherweight. There's a roster for the yeah. show. <laughs> Very much so. Speaking of that, a little bit of a uh, little bit of extra sauce. What do you think about Kayla Harrison coming over to UFC and um, you know adding a little bit of a boost to that 45 division? Assuming she can make 145 pounds. I mean, it's an interesting one or two fights. Um, the The only thing that's unappealing about it is I don't think it's a good career move for her. And I'm not saying that she can't compete and that it won't be, you know, good exposure for her, but she's not going to get enough matchups or enough money from the UFC. She's better off staying where she's at and just taking that cash. Keep winning them millions, girl. Any thoughts, Mo? Uh, she did go to the UFC. There's what two fights she could have, maybe. One maybe that, three. There's one that really matters. Yeah, and we all know. We all know which one that is. She's already talking about uh, retiring soon, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, when you say she, you mean Amanda Nunes? Or do you mean... Yes. Amanda Nunes? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if Amanda Nunes is retiring soon, Kayla Harrison, I know she's a training partner. They're, they they work out together. But um, she can be, you know, the next person in line to be the, the dominant figure in that division. Obviously, there's not a ton of athletes competing in that division right now, especially not anybody um, to fill out any kind of like real top 10. They barely have a top five. 
Um, uh, do they have a top five? They, they barely don't have a top five. Just barely. I mean, I mean, if you can, if you would, let's say we we give because is Duranami still in the division? No, she's not. Duranami's a thirty-fiver again. Holly Holm goes back and forth. So your your top your top three right now would be because the only ones that are in the division are Amanda Nunes, Felicia Spencer, Megan Anderson got cut. So Holly Holm, there's your there's your top. Oh, um, the girl that did uh, yeah, Aspen Dumont. Dumont. So those are your top three right there, and then you got Holly Holm as a number four, I guess. And if Durandamy ever wanted to go back up there, I guess she would be in the top five. But see, you're you're stretching for a top five already. That's yeah. I, I I agree with that. It's a stretch. It's a thin division. It's not a a division um full of athletes. I mean, the the women's division isn't as seasoned as the men's. And I think what was happening though is we're we're getting more and more athletes come over come, come into this this plane. Like you see, Clarissa, Clarissa Shields came over from boxing, and she can compete in that weight range. You'll see. I think you'll see over time um, more and more female athletes in on the larger side. I mean, obviously, when you get to the straw weights and the fly weights and all that stuff, like there's plenty of athletes in that range but there's not a ton in the fight game for the girls at 145 and above so if the UFC could pull it off if they could and they could bring over Clarissa Shields and Harrison I think that would bring up enough interesting matchups between 35ers that would be willing to jump back up to 45 for a good amount of matchups there and you'd have somewhat of a division but as it sits right now the 55 pound division for women's has more stars than the 45 yeah one more star exactly but that's still more stars I I agree man I agree I just don't I, I don't want to see that division collapse because I think that it, I just, I'm interested in seeing larger female athletes compete. Um, like unfortunately, there's not, there's not, um, apparently there's not a big enough talent pool. Didn't they try to do an Ultimate Fighter for 45? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Didn't they do that? Yeah, they, they did. did. But most of the fighters went to 35. Mm-hmm. All of them, it was a bunch of 35 pounders that jumped up for the opportunity to get into the UFC. And then when they got in, they just did what a lot of Ultimate Fighters do, and they changed weight classes. You got to remember, Rashad Evans came in as a heavyweight. That is true. That is true. And um, I, I believe Bisbean was at 205 in his mm-hmm. um, when he jumped on the Ultimate Fighter. It was, uh, I think he was 205-er. I mean, a lot of those guys, like Kenny Florian was a welter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a common theme, like for guys to, to to fight a little bit heavier in the um the Ultimate Fighter series. Diego Sanchez was everything. Oh yeah, he was hungry. He fought every weight class. 
Eat me upside down with knives. Right. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> You got any uh, any any final thoughts or? Nah. Uh, well, I think as long as uh, Amanda's the champion at featherweight, they won't get rid of that division. But you won't have a division. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to try anything with it. I think they're just holding out till Amanda retires. They're either waiting for somebody to beat her and take that title, or she retires and they're just going to get rid of the division. That division is just there so she can hold two belts. Yep. That's the the most interesting thing about what you, what you just said is the lack of promotion she gets. Like, if they're just holding it up for her to be this champ champ, why don't they promote her more? Like, it's, it's almost as if, like, she's... Because like she, I feel like she's the a easy marketing tool like she's she has so many avenues where she can suck in a bunch of fans so i don't think the problem is amanda nunez or whether the ufc wants to promote her or not i think the difficult situation is there is nothing interesting matchup wise to promote it's hard to promote a fighter when there's absolutely nothing that can be like, oh, you know what's threatening this? Like, your most interesting matchup for her is to go down to the uh, flyweight champ who she already has two wins over. So, maybe well, if we should Tate comes back and makes a name for herself again, that might be interesting to do But right now. But right now, it's pretty much lambs to the slaughter. And they had I, their chips in for Aspen Lad, though. Yeah, they did. Well, she's ranked third. Bantamweight, but for Featherweight, I'm pretty sure she won that fight against, uh, wasn't Dumont? She yeah. probably would have had the next title shot at Featherweight. Correct. Depending on how it went with uh, Nunez versus, oh, what's her name? Pena. Pena. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Juliana. If Juliana Pena wins that, Nuna's getting the run back. So, yeah, that's a that's a top five right there. Forgot about Juliana Pena. Didn't Juliana's win? in 35. Oh, that's a 35. Oh, crap. Never mind. Never mind. The reason why I was thinking about the as far as promoting her, you can just promote her as this unbeatable force. Like just, you know, have this like looming champion that nobody can beat. You know? I agree with that, and I think they did that for a while. But right now, the most interesting matchup at 35, where she has more interesting matchups, is the number 13 ranked fighter. You know? I mean, yeah, you got a point there. I can't, I can't even, I have nothing. It's unfortunate, though, like I said, I feel like this division is in the same spot as Flyweight was. Not in the same spot, but in a similar spot. Whereas, um, it might not have a big market value. Because I feel, I feel like even though Mighty Mouse's division, well, division 
at uh when Mighty Box was champion at 120, it was it 125? Mm-hmm. In danger of closing because they couldn't they couldn't sell. Like it didn't have, like even though you had this dominant champion and the fights were exciting, like I thought that division was awesome. And there were some good fighters in that division. But it was a, it was just like not putting a lot of eyes on it. There was not a lot of uh like interest. I think this might be in the same situation. I think it is the same situation. Uh because they had to get rid of Demetrius Johnson to make that to make people understand how exciting that division was. Because there's two ways you get people to watch a fight. You either have close fights, good matchups, which Demetrius Johnson was destroying everybody, dominating. So it wasn't interesting in that fact. Or you have to want to see the champion lose. But everyone loves Mighty Mouse. So nobody wanted to see him lose either. Right. So you weren't generating that interest. John Jones was dominant forever, but people wanted to see him lose. People hated that motherfucker. So there was interest there. Same with Amanda Nunes. People love Amanda Nunes. Nobody has anything against Amanda Nunes. <laughs> but yeah. she just levels above. And Anko's uh, going to be there soon. Well, yeah, I know you are in the same thing. Like, I think uh, while Shevchenko does have more contender-worthy opponents, she's in the same spot, and I agree with that. But as far as people hated John Jones, nah, he still get a lot of hate. So whenever he comes back, he's still that heel if he comes back. That's what yeah. I'm saying. doesn't matter how dominant he is, people are going to want to see him lose. Same with Conor McGregor. doesn't matter how many times he, gets, he loses, people want to see him knocked out again. And his fans want to see him rise to glory again as well. Speaking of uh, Conor... Been uh, in the news again. Yeah. Taking fights wherever he can. This man trying to get a victory any way he can. Um, apparently knocking out DJs at birthday parties, at weddings, it's not a good idea, but it can pad your stats. Um, allegedly, allegedly, um, I will say that it outside the octagon. Uh, undefeated. Old men, DJs, uh, Machine Gun Kellys. Buses. Buses. You name it. Man, 4-0. <laughs> probably more. I don't know. Probably. We don't oh, hear about oh, them all. Boy. Cell phone guy. Oh, yeah. He smashed the cell phone, too. 5-0. Oh, yeah. And he beat that pregnancy charge, too. What? The, a while back when that one girl said that uh, she was pregnant with his child. He made that go hush hush. Six and though. <laughs> Him and John Jones competing for who can beat the system the most. <laughs> they got the uh, the criminal belt. What's he got? What's he got going on with Tony Ferguson? You guys see any, anything of that? Yeah, I saw some back and forth Twitter stuff. What well, what do they got going on? They trying to arrange something? I, I was going to suggest that. I was going to say that um, a, a good fight, obviously coming back for 
Connor would be somebody like Tony Ferg or maybe Nate Diaz because I think Nate only has a few fights left on his contract and one fight left. One fight left. Yeah, so I mean, I I would hate to see Nate Diaz leave without having that trilogy with Connor. I wouldn't mind seeing Connor versus uh, Tony Ferg either, or even Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferg. Like all those fights intrigue me. I know Nate Diaz called for either the Tony Ferguson fight, or I think he's still gunning for that Luke fight. Uh, Dana White said Tony Ferguson was not one of the fighters that they were trying to get for him. I wouldn't mind seeing Connor Tony. I I I hope though if Tony does come back for that fight, that Tony comes back. I don't know who's been fighting in Tony's body lately, but it, was, it hasn't been the boogeyman. Yeah. Tony's... His, his last fight was Gaethje, or... Who was Tony's last Darius. fight? Darius. Darius. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, either. It was in May. So. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be preparing for a comeback fight sooner or later. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Diaz getting there. It'd like be that. a fun fight. Yeah, him and him and Nate, or I wouldn't mind seeing Ferg and Connor. I think uh, that's what I, I, I want to see Ferg get a big name that can be a payday that will also be competitive. And I think at this point in his career. The Connor fight would be competitive. And I think the Nate Diaz fight would be competitive. I don't see anyone getting steamrolled in that. But I know there's going to be a lot of blood in that Diaz fight. Diaz versus Ferg would be a lot of blood. Yeah. That's going to um, be a horror show. Yes. Somebody can get sparked in that Connor matchup, though. And it could be either guy, to be honest. This would be a good time to make that matchup with Connor if it's Ferguson too, because Ferguson's down on his luck and Connor's coming back from a major injury. And Connor's a little bit down on his luck too. He's been, like I said, that injury was a, you know, injuries are injuries, but it was kind of a, you know, a little bit of a little bit of bad luck there. But um, he's also come off of L too. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was winning before that injury. He's coming off a losing streak, so. What is his losing streak right now? I well, it's poor. It's, he just fought Poirier twice, right? I think it's just two because he beat uh, Cowboy yeah. right before that. So technically, it's only. I mean, he got knocked out by Dustin, then they rematched, and he got Doctor Stoppage. So that's two. Tony's on three, right? Dariush, Gaethje, and who else got him? Oh, uh, Oliveira. Charlie Olives. So both guys are streaking the wrong way. Yeah. Is also streaking the wrong way. Because his last few fights, I mean, most, re- most notable was... Jorge Masvidal, 
So he's not even ranked, and people still want to fight him, man. Who? Well, he's he is. Yeah. 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 Well, Nate fight. It's it's a big money fight. It's the next biggest payday other than um, Connor. If you're not Connor, Connor or Nate, you get paid. Like yeah. Connor and Nate, you get paid, or fighting for the title. So you have. I would take Nate all day if I'm choosing a money. And you got to figure most most uh, fighters right now. They don't really have anything to lose with a Nate fight. A Nate fight gives you all the eyes. Um, you should win that fight. Let's be honest. There, if you're a top ranked guy, you should win that fight, and you get a giant payday. There's what do you have to lose now? Given if you do lose to Nate Diaz, could hurt your career. Could, but I doubt it. Not too much, at least. Yeah, I think you'd be fine because you, if you do, if if you lose that fight, but in an entertaining effort, you have so many eyes on you that you'll gain some new fans anyway, some new exposure. So, right. I don't think this. This is a one-win scenario. In my eyes, you're gonna get a big payday. And you're gonna get exposure, so it's a win-win, regardless of result. Yeah, it's kind of like fighting Connor back in the day. If you walked in there and got starched by Connor in like 45 seconds, you still made a million bucks. Exactly. Um, I, I, I want to see. I, I just, part of me always wanted to see that Connor versus Ferguson fight, though. We've already seen the him and Diaz. I mean, we don't have to have a trilogy. So if it's going to be one fight left, I wouldn't mind it seeing. I wouldn't mind it being someone else. But I definitely want to see Tony Ferg match up with McGregor before it's all said and done. I feel like Tony Ferg's getting toward the end of that his career too. Tony Ferg loses one more time, his career's done. He's already at, at at the point where I don't think he'll ever fight for the title. That's going to be his legacy. The guy that should have fought for the title that never did. You got the interim strap, but yeah, you're right. And he was on a long win streak, too. Right. He'll hold Speaking the record for most title fights fell apart. Oh, man. That was cursed. Mm-hmm. Well, who's the champion when uh he was on that long streak? Uh, it was, I mean, Alvarez had it, RDA had it. Uh, when he when he got the, uh, when he got the interim, who was the champion? Connor. Mm-hmm. It was Connor's layoff. Mm-hmm. Were you at McNuggets? Speaking of long streaks and. Title aspirations. We finally getting that uh, three piece in the soda redemption fight with uh, Masvidal and good old Leon Edwards. That's the best fight he could have taken besides the title fight. Yeah. Leon? Yep. Yeah, but I I disagree with him. I think he should have waited for the title fight. Any y'all want to do a pick on that one? When it comes around. Yeah. Okay. Let that one get a little closer. Okay. Right now, I would have Leon, just to be fair. But 
And I'll probably have Leon when it comes closer, but we'll see what transpires from now and then. Yeah. Let's, let's just wait a little bit. See. So, that's yeah, it. Peace out. Yeah, we can call it. I got nothing else. You got anything else? I'm good. Um, well, let's zip it up and zip it out there, my G. Zip it up and zip it out. Zip it up, zip it out. Amanda. <laughs>